in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the futuristic Glenn Stansberry. Ooh. The future is now, now, <laughs> now. What? Uh, what? 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 Where do you? Uh, where do you get this futuristic business? Well, we're 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 gonna touch on that later. Oh, the, uh, the Back to the Future thing has been on my mind. I should have seen that coming. I feel like it's 2015. Yeah. So both of us are futuristic. Yes. You know. Because of uh, the future was shown to us a long time ago in the early 90s in Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. Everything that's in that movie has mm-hmm. lived up to exactly what the way things are now. According to futuristic. Spec. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, we're both futuristic. Yeah. In we're, that sense. We're here. We're in the future. The or, future is now. Or are we? Or are we in the past? I don't know. Man, this is getting heavy real quick. This, yeah, heavy. That's the right word to say, Glenn. <laughs> Pretty this heavy. Is heavy. This is heavy, Glenn. Uh, this problem with the Earth's gravitational pull is really... Uh, it's become an issue. It has nothing to do with the Earth's gravitational pull. Uh, speaking of gravitational pull, Glenn... Mm, we're More like gravitational pull. We're co-founders of a site, a groovy site, <laughs> called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Yeah. He's he's young. He's young. He's hip. He's a hero. He wears a vest. He wears a vest that and flies on a hoverboard, just like yep. Gentleman does. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Very few people know that our entire site is based on hoverboard technology. We've been holding off. We'll let the cat out of the bag. I guess it was time. It was time to time to do it. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a little known uh, web development technology mm-hmm. called uh, hoverboard. Hoover. Hoverboard. <laughs> we. We've actually been uh, we we spent some time with Elon Musk, um, yeah. you know, just kind of mm. you know spitballing and throwing bouncing ideas off each other, yeah. you know, and, and the Google guys, Tesla, and, yeah, you know, and, gentlemen. It yeah. all kind of came out in the right. same session, right? Exactly. Um, so, sure, his company had the IPO and took off and everything. Mm-hmm. Ours didn't, but slow plane. We're not, yeah. We're not flashing the pan. No, no, no. There's no flash in the pan here with gentlemen. This is like long term. We're we're built to spill. That's right. Um, <laughs> So anyway, Glenn. I mean last. Yes. Yes. Last. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn. So uh, step on over to gentleman.com when you get a chance. Spend some time there. Click on things. Mm-hmm. Scroll around. Yep. Um, enjoy it. We can, Take it in. We guarantee you'll find something interesting. You'll yeah. find something that you... You, you, you will... Well, I don't want to sell this too much, but you will, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed by gentleman.com. No. No. Um, but if you want to be disappointed, right. you could go over the to podcast.gentleman.com podcast. yeah. yep. mm-hmm. where you could follow along with this episode. You can look back at old episodes wistfully. You can uh, <laughs> check out some of the beers we rated. You can do all kinds of stuff. Um, That's right. And lastly, not leastly, probably mostly importantly, mm-hmm. uh, you can send us an email. Get mm-hmm. in touch with us. Uh, well, you could send us an email. What I meant to say is you should send us a letter. Mm-hmm. Take out your quill mm-hmm. and your ink uh, that you've got from your old-timey general store and pin us a letter 
Yes. And uh, sent it to the U.S. Postal Service. It's been around for hundreds of years. Mm. It's not some newfangled, high-futuristic technology like what, that was features in Back to the Future. This is real, honest, today <laughs> technology that's been around for 200 years, Glenn. Yep. You, you write a letter, and it's magical. You write a letter, and you put a stamp on it, and you put an address, and the U.S. Postal Service will take that letter, and they will give it to me and Glenn. It really is a futuristic technology. I mean, it's way ahead of its time. Yeah, exactly. You you write something, you put it in a box, and it goes somewhere. And it goes in the, right in the hands of me and Glenn. See, here's the thing. Today, just today, I was fielding question, a question from um, a friend of mine mm. about something about the podcast, about our proprietary uh, mustache twist scale that we use to rate our beers. I hope you don't give away, give away too much here. Oh, no, no. No, oh, no. Okay. Um, and but what I'm getting at is, is, you know, part of me was tempted to say, you know, is is this texting? Is this mobile phone really the best platform to discuss this? Right. No, it's not. Right. I, I almost didn't. Resp- I mean, I almost didn't. I'm a nice guy, so I. Yeah, you got to. I respond to the questions. Which you is know, why we respond to emails. It's a good friend, but we, yeah. we do respond to emails. But yeah. I was tempted to say, you know, you could be writing this to me in a letter. Right. And mailing it to me. And it would mean so much. Yeah. You know? And I would give a way more thoughtful reply than my THX number four listening. Yeah. Exactly. Beer is good. Dot, dot, dot. That's basically what I said. LOL. LOL. All right. T-T-Y-L. Anyway. Okay. Well, yeah. So if you... The point is, Glenn, if you want to send us a letter, if you want to send something real... That we can touch yes. and feel together. Together. This is <laughs> the same time. I'm going to need a few more beers, Brian. <laughs> at, least, at least buy me a drink <laughs> first. <Yeah. laughs> uh, you, you bought me a drink tonight. So, uh, Whoa. Anyway, um, Whoa. you can do that. You mm. can send us a letter uh, to the gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. We will put it up on the Hall Slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Wall of Hall of Fame. <laughs> Hall of Fame, <laughs> and then we will uh, talk about your letter, mm. and we'll uh, we'll send you a little something back in return for taking the time to send us a letter, which we really appreciate. If you want to give us an email, you can do the same thing, sort of, except it's electronic, and I don't even know what that means. We have to figure out how to check our email. Still, I don't yeah. know. I haven't figured um, out what all the keys mean on yeah, my computer. I don't so. know. What is the what does the squiggly line thing mean? I don't even know what that is. What's it's a, like a what's a shift? I don't know. Nothing moves when I touch it. Uh, yeah, anyway, you can do that, if you, and you, you can send a email address to howdy at gentleman.com, mm-hmm. and apparently that gets to us somehow. So, yeah. we have somebody that checks our email for us, because we don't understand how it works, and uh, they give us a full rundown. We with, dictate. Exactly. Well, they, you know, they do the thing where they, they, <laughs> they dictate into the microphone, mm-hmm. and then somebody else transcribes that, yeah. and then they hand us the letter, yep. and then we read that, yep. and then we have somebody else entirely... Uh, take down our dictation as mm-hmm. we do and then they send that along to somebody else who types it up and then that person types it and then gives it to somebody that can use the computer they send the email so it's way harder of a just, process just send a letter yeah just send you know? a letter really it's way more efficient or tweet us yeah or tweet, yeah, tweet us. <laughs> uh love twitter yeah it's great mm, it's mm-hmm. great yeah it's good stuff uh, okay glenn well let's uh move on and get on to the uh meat of the episode which is the drink of the week oh man all right so this week 
is my turn. I picked up a Oktoberfest. We are in the throes of October, yeah. Brian. I love this I time, love of, this year. time of year. Who doesn't love this time of year? It's beautiful. You got it is the the, the weather's changing. The the, the the air's getting crisper. Mm. You know, scary mm. movies are about to come on TV. Scary movies. Yeah. Halloween's just around the corner. Yes. Sir. Um, my beloved Royals are about to start start yet another. another. My beloved. <laughs> My beloved, my beloved Royals, my beloved Royals are about to start another, yet another playoff run. Oh uh, yeah! Uh, it's just, it's just magical time of year. Yeah, it is all around. And the cherry on top, Oktoberfest. That's true, Oktoberfest at beer. your local liquor store. Your, your liquor store runneth over with mm. Oktoberfest at this time of year. You know, I was talking with, uh, I, mean, I don't know if you were there, maybe not, but I was talking with uh, one of the guys at one of the liquor stores that I frequent, and uh, he. <laughs> He said, that was very vague. <laughs> one yeah. of the, one of the, anyway, he said uh, that, you know, last year everybody was making pumpkin beers. Mm. This year everybody's making Oktoberfests. I hope so because pumpkin beers are they, mostly terrible. I have yet to have a, one that I would buy more than once. I think I might have found one at one point, but I got too burned on buying a pumpkin beer that was just awful. Can't do it. There's not many beers that I just can't, you know, I can usually find some redeeming character in some mm-hmm. in beers, mm-hmm. but pumpkin beers man they could be terrible they can be terrible like coffee stouts you know yeah it's true they, they could really go to the dark side pretty quick yeah um thankfully this is not one of those glenn um or hopefully we i guess we don't know for sure yet well the, brian you say that because this this brewery this particular brewery odell mm-hmm. has a sparkling track record they do um i don't think we've rated a bad beer from them I'm, yeah, I'm assuming this is a nationwide thing. I mean, these people... Are, uh, Odell is located in Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the... They claim to be the second microbrewery to open in Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't know <laughs> what the first is. Uh, that's actually uh, the Fort Collins Brewery, I think. Okay. The one well, I toured. Well, so... Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. I- I'm just no. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. That's Boulder. I'm. I'm. Com- yeah. My, my Colorado. I, I can't, uh, th- there's like there's 11 billion uh, <laughs> microbreweries in Fort Collins now. Yep. And uh, I'm just impressed with Odell because they don't claim to be the first. You know, it doesn't say on their website we were the first people that made beer in the United States. Yeah. You know, yeah. All these outrageous claims by these microbreweries that they were the first to do this or that. They said, well, we were the second microbrewery in Fort Collins. A very noble and probably true statement. And probably the best uh, brewery in Fort Collins. Though Odell they, is formidable. They They're have good. they have New Belgium is in Fort yeah, Collins. It's true. So that's a great that's a great mm-hmm. brewery. Um, yeah. But that's another here nor there. We have the Oktoberfest Marzen style lager. Mm-hmm. And I in interest of full disclosure, I had this a week ago. No, no wait, Brian, just hold on. Okay. How dare you? I can explain. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so I I, I, I I went to the liquor store, and, you know, it was just looking at me. I looked back at it. You know, I wasn't expecting to take it home, but... That saucy yada, 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 yada. That saucy makes was looking I at you. I had it under eyes. my arm. Yeah. Before I knew it, I was in my car, and mm-hmm. that was that. Yeah. So I have had this, but, but like other beers that we've had... Before Prime. testing yeah. it, mm-hmm. putting it through the rigors yeah. of the MTS scale, the mustache twist yeah. proprietary scale that we mm-hmm. have, it, it was it was a completely different scenario. You right. know, really, it's not cheating if it's no, you know, you know, it was just a one-time thing. Yeah, yeah. just a one- more than once. Well, <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Like well, I said, let's hope you can remain objective. Uh, let's this, hope so in this thing, um, Glenn. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, yeah, we should uh, we should pop these open. These right. are this. Uh, Odell's Odell does have a sparkling track record, as far as I'm concerned. They're pretty legit. I mean, most of the stuff that you pick up from there, you can count on being pretty good. And uh, let's hope this Oktoberfest is no different. That's all right. So, all right, down to the brass tacks. Yes. All right. IBUs. We have no idea. No. We're, we don't know how many how much hops is in here, but I'm assuming. 5.6 It's a lager. It's a yeah. lager. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> the alcohol by volume is like 6.1% maybe? 6.1. Yeah, 6.1. Uh, it's a, it, like I said, you know, it's a, it's a lager, so it's going to be light. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh, the price. Yes. Now, I think this is going to skew our results a tad because this is the, <laughs> Odell's is the brewery of the month. At the liquor store I was at, so uh, there's a percentage off. Yeah, I got it for seven ninety nine. Six. Normally it's nine ninety nine. Six. Yeah. So this is a this is a whale of a deal that we got, but yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get it at the regular retail price of nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we have to make make this official and scientific. So. All right. Well. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. <sighs> Man. Yeah. That is refreshing. Mm-hmm. This is good. It feels like the first time. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is this is really good. Uh, it's I like that it's like just flavorful enough. Mm-hmm. Nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. I don't like the too crazy stuff with like the spices and yeah, you're yeah. drinking cumin all of a sudden or something. <laughs> you know, people get all all crazy with their Oktoberfest. There's no need to get crazy with it. Just stick There's to no the peach peels. Or yeah, no. just stick to the, you know. Well, that, that's the thing. The Oktoberfest style beer mm-hmm. is supposed to. I think it's pretty much in line. I mean, it's a very simple beer. It's like four ingredients. Yeah, and um, this is this is awesome. This is good. This is real good. You know, I was just realizing the packaging of this. This uh, uh, this is pretty cool. The packaging is actually the same picture that they have on their winter uh, oh, winter brew. Except the in hibernation the, ale. Or? Except in the winter brew, it's the whole place is covered with snow. Interesting. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Like what if they do that with their, their, like the spring and I don't know. It's a good touch though. But they do. just picked up on that. Um, anyway, Glenn. Okay, so. Uh, mm. Biscuit sweet Munich malts and spicy herbal noble hops. Fire nice. Make up this uh, make up this Oktoberfest. Mm. And uh, what a great beer for this time of year! It really is. It's the, good. It's it's the beer that you you enjoy, but it doesn't get in the way. Oh man, <sighs> this is the, the mm. stuff that dreams are made of. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, <clears throat> let's get on to our uh, our ratings of of this beer, which will factor into the mustache with scale, albeit a small factor but it is a factor so uh what would you rate this uh beer as all right well the price the normal price is kind of high it's kind of high i'm yeah, gonna dig in a little yeah. bit on that that's true yeah okay yeah. our median is right around 850 yep so right around ten dollars is that's a, a step up that's a step up um but that said i <laughs> i think i think all things considered i would give this considering the price at 83 8.3? 8, uh, yes, 8.3. Wow. Okay. 8.3. That's, yeah, okay. 8.3, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go in 8.7, actually. <laughs> I'll go 8.7. Really? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't want to seem like a homer, because I already had this a few times, and... I, I think, mm. I think as far as Oktoberfest beers go, this is got to be up there 
um, with mm. the the best of them. And the the crazy thing is, Brad, we were trying to find information on the beer before the podcast started. Yeah, went over to ratebeer.com, which is what a lot of liquor stores, at least around here, use to like put up on the put, thing, like, oh, you know? it's a ninety three. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. so I I didn't actually I actually don't didn't look at what that rating score was, right. mm-hmm. um, but they. Um, this uh, this didn't even register like in the top ten of the Oktoberfest that they well, have. That's because they lack the MTS scale. You know, I I know. At some point, the the uh, the universe will understand that there is one accepted. It's like the uh, underwriters' labs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's only one place that you go to test your electronics. That's right, and make sure they don't kill you. You're right. Uh, and same thing with beer. Right. Someday there's only going to be the mustache with scale to make sure that your beer doesn't kill you. Right. And uh, we will take care of that for you. How many beer drinkers have to die before (laughs) this comes to life? scourge on America. Um, Anyway, Glenn. Okay, well, so we we have our ratings. We have the stats about the beer loosely. um, (laughs) And so let's plug those in to the proprietary mustache with scale computer. Okay. And uh, we will have the official scientific rating for this beer, which I'm Mm -hmm. excited about to, to find out what that will be. Um, so okay, so we said that the beer was normally nine ninety nine. The 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 alcohol by volume we know is six point one percent. Yep. And then finally we we're we're unclear as to the hops, but because it's a lager style beer, there's very little hops, so that scientifically really doesn't it's a marginal difference. So we're gonna we're just gonna go ahead and put in like five five for the IBUs. The, the hops are perfect. It's like yeah, just okay, barely there. Or at least in my opinion. Yep. Okay. So, uh, and you and then you said eight point three, and I said eight point seven. Yes. Okay. So let's uh, let's put this in the computer. Uh, I got this all typed up. We're just gonna let it run here for a second, and then it will give us a printout of what the exact uh, mustache to scale score is. Okay. Man, the problem with this one too is it's so smooth. Yeah. Should have brought the six more of these. Okay, Glenn, here the the printout's coming off. Okay, let me grab it here. Um, okay, uh, it says, wow, it's a it's an 8.5. Wow! 8.5 on the mustache wow. scale. Whoa. That, so, interesting. That is uh, one, of, one of the higher rated beers that yeah, we've had on here. That's it. So, yeah, you would think that the median, I think our median's probably around 8.3 or 8.2, maybe so? low, low 8s or something. So 8.5 is, we're, we're pretty harsh, actually. We are. We're, we're, we're not giving out ratings like we're snobs or something. We're, we're, we're discerning. Yeah, exactly. Very, right. uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we gave out one 90 plus rating. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that was the Jubilee Yeah, the Deschutes Jubilee which mm-hmm. uh, Deschutes is, everybody knows, is a, a heartfelt favorite of ours. Oh. Okay, Glenn. Well, let's take a spin on over to beersnob.com and find out what they had to say about this. Well, this is, uh, I should say, this is this is rare occurrence. Um, this is a rare occurrence because it looks like the beer snobs have given it a 85. Wow. Which is exactly. This is well, it is. Uh, but Do you think they've been finding, like, looking into our... Well, technology or something or here's the thing is this like apple samsung we're gonna have to like sue each other well i i i, I can't i don't get into specifics without our lawyers present, yeah we should but, talk to our lawyers but about this. i will say this even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again that's true okay so i suppose we should find a repeated consistent pattern of this right 
behavior Look, before we... they're going to get it right, you know, one in true. 30, it's true. one in 50 true. times. I should... Uh, yeah, it's true. And good, good for them. Yeah, right, good uh, yeah them. that's good. That's good. Good yeah, on that's them. Good for them. They're yeah, probably, uh-huh. I mean, we're probably not going to sue. Yeah, well, so we'll talk to our lawyers and right. find out about that. So, but, you um, know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, uh, beersnob.com <laughs> got it right for once. For once. Yeah, for once. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, go out and check out the Oktoberfest from Odell's. Uh, we recommend Odell's in general, I think. You most cannot go stuff, wrong. Most of their stuff's really pretty good. They've got a great porter. They've got a great... Mm-hmm. Um, 90 shillings is their like shilling is a fantastic, dark amber. Yeah, it's good. good ale. Um, My wife loves the... If you're in IPA, they have a double IPA called the Mercenary that is apparently really, really, really fantastic. Okay. I won't touch the stuff, though. Yeah, neither do I. It's not my cup kill of you. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, move on to some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. All right. Well, uh, this first poster, I don't believe we've said their name on the podcast before, so this would be great. This is another, yeah. yet another first. amazing... And uh, It was posted by... MT Woodsman. Okay. I don't believe MT has been on the um, podcast before, but I'm, sound like it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, they're in the, uh, they're in the fray now. So, mm-hmm. um, the title is Hunter escapes attack by shoving arm down bear's throat. Um, and the title that I, that piqued my interest right away. Yeah. It's a good title. And the, the image is, is of a guy in a, in a hospital with like a head wound and some, you know, like a line in his arm, and he's not looking very happy. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're looking at the com- comment thread by uh, P. Duffy down there. He posted a GIF of uh, I don't who is this? I'm going to show my ignorance here. Uh, Robert Redford in uh, that's Robert Redford. Yeah. No. Yeah. In uh, uh, what's that name? Uh, some it's his hair. Well, it's it's a fantastic, anyway. fantastic yeah. choice of uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so all right, let's move over to the article. It's a Business Insider article. Yeah. Um, and apparently, this this fellow Chase Delwo Delwu, is twenty six um, from uh, Great Falls, Montana. He's a bow hunter, and he was out hunting elk. Elk, right, and 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 uh, he was, and I guess he was in the middle of a storm. There was uh, snow, rain, and thirty to four mile an hour winds, and he's walking, and he said that he uh, he's like only three feet from the bear when he saw it, mm-hmm. and the bear didn't see him until then, right? And in nature, whenever you startle an animal, mm. typically bad things happen, especially a bigger animal than you, right? And the bear was a uh, 350 to 400 pound male grizzly, um, which is a big bear uh, that I would not want to happen upon. No. But unfortunately, Chase did. Mm-hmm. And so what did he do? Well, he got bit and kind of thrown around for a little while. It um, bit the back of his head. Yep. And then he fell down, and then it came back and it bit his leg. It threw him in the air. And, and threw him around. Yeah. And then uh, he remembered a a magazine article that his grandmother had clipped out for him mm-hmm. like a long time ago when he was a kid or something, and it was all about how big big animals have a a, a gag inc- reflex, incredible gag reflex. Like it's terrible, or I, so, well, is it good or bad? I don't know. Strong, um, it's a strong gag reflex. So uh, counterintuitively. <laughs> To what you would think you would want to do when you're encountering a bear, mm-hmm. he immediately just shoved his arm down the bear's throat and yep. tried to freak it out. 
and it totally worked. Yeah. And so the bear freaked out and kind of didn't know what to do, and so it ran off. So they say basically that saved his life. Can you? Uh, I'm just trying to piece this together. You know, his grandmother's like you know, and he's a boy. He's like, you know, Chasey, you're gonna want this article someday. This is this is an important piece of information you <laughs> to know. This is like a the makings of the mo- of a movie or something. You ever seen the yeah. movie Signs, Brian? Yeah, well, just the flashback of the uh, you know he's in this life or death moment, yeah. and he flashes back all of a sudden to this magazine article yeah. that he read yeah. when he was six years old or something. And if you encounter a bear, <laughs> yeah, exactly. ram your forearm down its throat. <laughs> yeah, um, that, and the other thing too that would require him getting closer to the bear. Mm-hmm. And at what point is he like you know? Yeah. Waiting for the bear to open his mouth to eat him, basically. Right, right. Waiting for the... Okay, there it is. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of questions about that, but he survived, made it through. He's going to be okay. And the best part, I think, is that at the end of the article, he says, look, I want everyone to know that this wasn't the bear's fault. He was as scared as I was. Yeah. And Chase, I think... I think it's okay if you're upset at the bear. Right. I mean, he did bite your head and toss you around by your leg a little bit. Yeah, uh, but yeah. you know what? Live to die another day. I, I appreciate his bravado by yeah. saying that the bear was as scared as he was. Yeah, yeah. because uh, the bear had a couple hundred pounds on him. Look, <laughs> if I stumble upon a bear like that, you know whose gag reflex is is working overtime? <laughs> Mine. I'm I'm hurling in the corner while the bear is eating my arm. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Tic-tac, sir? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, well, I'm glad he made it through. Um, it's, you know, it's dangerous business out there hunting sometimes. Get out there in the Grizz territory. Montana? You never know, man. No fooling around. You never know what's going to happen out there. You never know. Um, okay, Glenn, speaking of you never knowing what's going to happen, we next have a tr- we have this lovely story that was posted. This is a really heartwarming story. <laughs> Uh, that was posted by our good friend, uh, our good confidant, uh, Razorback, uh, that we are really humbled to have on Gentleman.com every week. And uh, he posts some great stuff, and this is no exception. This is called Homer's Not on the Town. And this is all about uh, a, a beer fest gone awry. It's a it's a story. It's a it's, it's, it's a sordid tale. It's quite a yes, and and it's all about this guy Joe Gillespie, and he went to the BB and T ballpark, which apparently is a minor league baseball Charlotte ballpark. Yeah. yeah, minor league baseball in Charlotte, North Carolina. So he he was at the BB and T ballpark, and uh, he was attending a beer festival <laughs> at said ballpark, uh, and according to him. He woke up at the bottom of the stairwell, and he had no idea where he was, and uh, it turned out that uh, he he had been drinking at this beer festival, and maybe people would say too much, because he woke up at the bottom of the stairwell, he had no idea what was going on, and he kind of came to his senses, his buddy calls him, and he says, hey, like, where are you, you know, and... Uh, he said, oh, I think I'm still at the stadium. And it turns out that the stadium's empty. Everybody's gone home. And he had, like, fallen down into a stairwell. <laughs> and no one came to get him out or anything like that. And so his buddy says, well, I'm, a, I'm over at Hooters. Come come, hang out with me. And so he says, okay. So he kind of gets himself together. And he starts walking to try to find a way to get out of this empty stadium. And 
what does he happen upon but the mascot locker room? I guess it was marked as, you know, clearly marked as the the mascot changing room. Mm-hmm. So he thought to himself for a second, there's no way that thing's open. So he goes and he tries the lock, and unfortunately, it's open. <laughs> and so he goes inside, he takes the mascot uniform, and the, the mascot for uh, this Charlotte baseball team is named Homer. Mm-hmm. And, good name. Uh, yeah, it is a good name. I'm not sure what the mascot looks like. Uh, I don't know, but it's. I'm sure it's a big, gigantic mascot out, outfit. Let me. Uh... And uh, anyway, so he puts this ma- outfit on, and he heads on over to go visit with his buddy over at uh, Hooters with the mascot outfit on. Uh, he proceeds to have more drinks and go on the dance floor. Uh, Homer looks like a dragon, by the way. Oh, it looks like a dragon. And uh, go out on the dance floor, has a, a night out on the town as this mascot. And he says he says he he intended the next day to take it straight over to the stadium and mm-hmm. return the mascot mm-hmm. to the facility. No harm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before he could do that, the police showed up at his door uh, and saw the mascot inside his living room through the through the blinds mm-hmm. and arrested him for stealing and all this stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was great because a couple of things came out. One. Uh, the police said, you know, well, you, you stole this. Well, apparently the police had a hard time keeping a straight face. They right. kept cracking up. Right. They took pictures with them, I think. Um, so, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so the police said, you know, they also have a report that you stole one of the two-way walkies. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. That way, if anybody picked up the other walkie and asked where it was, I could say, hey, man, it's all right. I got the, I got the, I'll bring, I'll bring it back tomorrow. Um, I love, I love this guy, Joe Gillespie. All right. Yeah, he he's kind of a, quotes. He's take what he does is he sees an opportunity. Yeah, and he takes full advantage of it. Absolutely. Um, one such opportunity is uh, so after Hooters. Granted, this he was passed out by like five in the afternoon. Right. Mm-hmm. So he woke up at like twelve thirty, I think, in the morning, and so he hit one of the clubs and in the mascot suit, and the the, the doorman was like, uh, "You're uh, you can't go in here." And he's like, "You're gonna, you're gonna keep out Homer. You're gonna keep. I'm clean up the language a little bit here. He's like, you're gonna keep Homer out of the this fine establishment." And so the barman's like, "Oh, you're right." And so he lets him in, the doorman. And and then I quote, uh, "There was nobody on the dance floor. I come sliding in and start getting it. I was doing all the moves you always wanted to try, but are too embarrassed to." Um, yeah, because there's no... I mean, if you're in the mascot suit, you can do whatever you want. You're supposed to do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. So, he he was doing everything. He said people were buying him drinks. Um, you know, uh, I think... Uh, I like this guy a lot. Yeah. I, I like... You know, it's, it's funny because they charged him with breaking and entering, and he was like, "Man, I was already there. Like, how did I break in if I was already there?" It was. What did he say? It was something about exiting, and he said it was like opening and exiting. Yeah. Ah, uh, he said, yeah, he said if someone would have like told him to leave after the beer fest, he would have left. Right. But no one did. But he wasn't awake for that. Plus, um, plus, this dude has a sweet mullet. It's not just a mullet, Brian. Okay, he has. So like the the, the 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 sides, you just have to go to gentleman and check yeah. out the picture. We'll link it up. But not only are like the sides cut away, he also has like he dyed the end of his mullet. Yeah, it's like blonde. It's like yeah. a it's like a skunk kind of yeah. looking. It's it's amazing. Very cool. Very I am. Cool. I like this guy. I hope to hear more about this guy. In the Joe, future. if you're listening, 
Yeah. Joe, if you're listening, we have a gentleman t-shirt for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we seem like you would be an ideal candidate mm-hmm. to wear this around South Carolina. That's right. Um, what a great story. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Brian. Last up. Uh... This man who posted this on Gentleman needs no introduction, but we'll do it anyway. Yep. It's a moose. Mm-hmm. Posted our last tack. And uh, it is titled, New York Times, 27 Ways to Be a Modern Man. <clears throat> Excuse me. 27 Ways to Be a Modern Man, a Rebuttal. Mm. And it's by National Review Online, which I've never been to before. Yeah, but right. I'm not sure what the site's about, but I can tell you. Doesn't matter. This article is about something incredible. Yes. And apparently. Um, the New York Times has published a list of 27 ways to be a modern man. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the National Review points out, it's a it's an attempt to reach out to a metropolitan pseudo-intellectual, <laughs> pseudo-intellectual too highbrow for cat meetings and saved by the bell gifs. Mm. And, which is a shame because we, high, we, we, we hold those things in high regard here. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, so... Anyway, the li- there's a list of 27 things, and if you read the New York Times article, I'm sorry, it's ridiculous. It's terrible. It's it's a it's awful advice, um, and in no way. I guess I'm not a modern man, Brian. Because, I guess not either. Because I'm like a caveman. Because apparently the modern man is kind of a wiener. Apparently, but- <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, there's some. some like, let, let's just like let's start from the beginning here. The first one that New York Times claims. Mm. This, listen to this claim, okay? Mm-hmm. When the modern man buys shoes for his spouse, he doesn't have to ask her sister for the size. And he knows which brands run big or small. What? That's ridiculous. <laughs> There's so many things That's, wrong with that. Laura has explicitly told me, never buy clothes for me. No, don't. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm only allowed to purchase a certain type of clothing... For my wife, Brian. Socks. Socks. Yeah, of course. Exactly. You know, the really comfy ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to purchase socks pretty well. Right. Um, the, the response from the National Review is false. Under no circumstances does the modern man ever attempt to buy his wife or girlfriend shoes, ever. The modern man would be better off lighting a $100 bill on fire and stamping it to the ashes in the street. Never in recorded human history has a man successfully bought his lady a pair of shoes. It's a proven scientific fact. Give the money, give her the money, and back away slowly. That's that's that. Th- now th- see, he gets is, it. That's exactly right. That's exactly, exactly right. That's the right, right, right. right way to do it. So number two, I'll, I'll say number two, Brian. Okay. The modern. Okay. The, the, the New York Times article. The mm-hmm. modern man never lets other people know when his confidence has sunk. He acts as if everything is going swimmingly, until it is. Kind of the fake it till you make it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the rebuttal. The modern man does not have confidence. He only has bourbon. It's true. It's true. I, I, I agree. You know? I... <laughs> um, so anyway, this goes on. There's 27 of these. Um, but the New York Times is off base here. This Whoever wrote this article gets it. Whoever wrote the rebuttal gets the rebu- it. Yes. yes. Whoever wrote the rebuttal... And my favorite one out of this whole <laughs> thing is the New York Times says, The modern man lies on the side of the bed, closer to the door. If an intruder gets in, he will try to fight him off so that his wife has a chance to get away. And the National Review says, in rebuttal, <laughs> The modern man does not go to bed. 
He sits in his chair all night with a loaded gun, guarding the front door to his den like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah, I. Uh, this is this is really great. Uh, you just need to read the whole the whole yeah. one, I'll, which we will post to podcast.gentleman.com, and it's up on Gentleman um, proper. But um, there's 27 great little nuggets here that uh, are totally. Totally well written, and it shows how far off the uh, New York Times is on their estimation of a modern man. Also, I, I will say this on the on the comments on the actual tack; they're mm-hmm. fantastic as well. There's they, uh, Ben Espen, uh, gentleman member Ben Espen, links up. Basically, uh, Rudyard Rud- Kipling has something similar. I think mm. a poem or something. Or okay. I, I'm not. I should know more Rudyard Kipling. He's the the dude is awesome. Yeah, um, that's actually one of my things to do. Before the end of this year, is read a, a Rudyard Kipling book, mm. um, <clears throat> but it has uh, Ben Aspen linked up Twenty Seven Ways to Be a Classic Man, where it's kind of in the same vein of you know, um, it's more classically written, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. the antithesis to this New York Times article, yeah, which there needs to be more of because right. that, that that's just crazy. We're we're authorities on modern manliness. I would think so. Mm-hmm. I mean. Not by choice. And this doesn't sound anything <laughs> like anything that we would endorse. No. No. Buying shoes. I tried that one time, and I learned real quickly. Those shoes got returned. One. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two. I had to ask her for the size. So there was no surprise. Okay. So I guess yeah. I could have asked her assistant. But shoe, I, 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 I'm supposed to know the different sizes. Like the who runs big or small. Like the like. That's just no. <laughs> so anyway New York Times has no idea what a modern man is apparently the National Review National Review National Review does yep. I don't know anything about the National Review but I applaud their rebuttal to this piece subscribe subscribe mm-hmm. there you go uh, okay Glenn <clears throat> well uh, those some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last week or two weeks or so and now it's time for the good old toast, the gentleman toast this week, Glenn. I almost, I almost screamed hot button. Oh. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. yet. No. Not um, yet. Glenn, this is, uh, it's, this, this is a great little toast, and it's a little bit different than what we normally do. Normally we have some famous figure, an actor, a historical figure mm. that is very prominent that everybody's heard of. And I'm going to wager that most people out there haven't ever heard of Elmer T. Lee, who That's we're right. going to toast tonight. And this guy Do you is, think there's any relation to Robert E. Lee? I don't know. Could be. Could be. Must be I a southern know. thing. Um, this guy is single, almost single-handedly responsible for saving bourbon from obscurity. Hang on. I got I to gotta do a slow clap here. I... I this... <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um... This okay. So Elmer T. Lee was a World War II vet that went to go work for the Buffalo Trace Company. Um, he started working there, I believe, in the late forties, nineteen forty-nine, and uh, he worked there for thirty-five years. And by the time the early eighties had come around, uh, he's a Kentucky man, 
and he always loved bourbon. It was, you know, that was that was a, you know, that's Kentucky's drink, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, but unfortunately, by the time the seventies and the eighties rolled around, the nineteen seventies, bourbon became unfashionable. It was an old man drink, and people were all into vodka and gin, uh, which is hard to imagine for me. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he he started working for Buffalo Trace, and he worked his way up until to be a master distiller at that company. Um, and until and then in 1984, he had this idea where at the time bourbon was a completely unfashionable drink. Uh, it was seen as you know pa- pastiche. No one wants to drink that stuff. You know, when it was, was it a lot of it blended as well? Like yeah. it wasn't like a pure one. The, bl- the bourbon that we have to it was, the bourbon was blended and all this <clears throat> stuff. Well, his boss, the president of the company, Colonel Albert B. Blanton had a habit of taking bourbon from barrels in a sp- in a particular warehouse for his private reserve because in his opinion that was the best bourbon that they had at the company. Mm. And so Elmer T Lee had the idea to take bourbon from directly from a single barrel mm. and bottle that and sell that off and call it a single barrel bourbon. Uh, he was the first person to do this and it was a new thing. Everything that had been blended up until then, it wasn't... He was trading consistency for right. singularity of character, according to this article. Right. Uh, and so, basically, that meant that every bourbon bottle you had was unique, according to the barrel that you took it from. Right. Um, so, anyway, this was an exciting and kind of a new type of bourbon. And in people... It, it like they, they compare it to something like hypnotic or something like that. And that... <laughs> It, it, the, the, the people love something new and interesting right. and exotic, and this was new and interesting and exotic for bourbon. And then all of a sudden, it ignited this. He had this idea that he would do this, and it's great bourbon, and people will flock to it. Mm-hmm. And he was exactly right. And that reignited the bourbon industry that we know and love today as mm-hmm. a billion dollar, two point seven billion dollar industry. Uh, maybe without Elmer T. Lee, we would not have this crazy bourbon industry that we have now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about because, um, you know, back in the 70s, they don't have the technology that we have today. So right. the, the the modern distilleries have so much consistency. I mean, they've just got it down yeah. to science. Right. And back then, it probably wasn't much of a science. And so the concept yeah. of going single barrel would have been quite an experience just... Yeah, going to a liquor store and buying something that tasted completely different each time you went. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, this so a unique guy had a unique vision for bourbon. Uh, he wanted to bring it back Man. to its former glory, and he succeeded beyond his wildest imagination in doing so. Think about this, Brian. Simple little twist. Think about this. It's been well documented that gentleman was built during a hack day, mm-hmm. twelve hours, mm-hmm. fueled primarily. By old granddad, old granddad. Mm-hmm. bourbon. Yeah. Imagine if Mr. Lee hadn't, you know, revitalized the industry. Would they been drinking like vodka or something? Hypnotic, and it would have yeah, hot vodka and hypnotic, and it would have been like a site about probably, hipster, probably sky blue or yeah, uh, you know, uh, hipster, yeah, yeah. Um, hipster fashion or something. Probably drinking wine coolers. Yeah, exactly. Um, manliness in general would have taken a hit. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even the article we were just talking about mentions <laughs> bourbon several times. It's courage. It's bourbon liquid courage. Is, bourbon is, uh, and I have to say, it is my that's my liquor of choice. Mm. Bourbon. Uh, I, I have a friend who just, who, our friend who just Brit who just moved to uh, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky, yeah, Louisville, the the capital of I, I, yeah. And I cannot, country. I cannot, cannot, cannot wait to go visit him. Yeah, 
Um, I, I uh, Laura has some friends uh, that are that are living in Louisville, um, and uh, we've we've been to visit them. Mm. And I'm pretty. I mean, I'm pretty impressed with you know that it is a. It's kind of a way of life for them as far as they'll they'll have two or three bottles of good bourbon on you know stocked in the shelf and you know they'll one of the things they do is they sit together and sip bourbon you know i mean it's just a that's just kind of a way of life for them mm. and uh that's I can, wrong i, I don't want to be right yeah. i can appreciate that yeah. that's a good now explain to me this concept of sipping yeah. i don't <laughs> i don't know i usually use a straw when i'm ah, drinking bourbon but <laughs> I don't know. That's how we do it in Kansas. That's right. <clears throat> um, Glasses? Yeah. <laughs> the only glass I know about is the one that the bourbon comes in. Yeah. Oh, you mean the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, but so anyway, Elmer T. Lee, a, uh, a salute to you and your excellent wow. marketing mastery. That was a terrible clink, Brian. Here. There we go. There we go. We've got the, the labels. Man, what a guy. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a simple twist of fate. A, a little, a little tiny idea that catches on and becomes a, a a revolution. All it takes is one idea. It's true. It's true, Glenn. Brian, speaking of ideas, mm-hmm. to spark a revolution, yeah. I think it's time for our uh, topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, the uh, the okay. So there's a little show called MacGyver. Hmm. And this and the show MacGyver heard of it. Yeah, was a eighties and early nineties institution. This is a show all about a man that relies his own resourcefulness mm-hmm. to uh, to get out of tight situations mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and CBS has taken the uh, amazing step mm-hmm. of deciding to redo the MacGyver series and put it on primetime television. And, uh, so we got the MacGyver reboot. We're going to, we're going to reboot MacGyver now. They got a team, a team. They, a few years ago, they did, uh, Knight Rider, Knight Rider. Yeah. I'm trying to think so, what else. So what's going on here, Glenn? Is this a good idea to redo all these classic 80 series or is this terrible? I'll tell you what it is, Brian. We've talked about about this before with movies. Yeah. This is a moneymaker is what it is. Yeah. Whether it's a good idea for, or not, mm-hmm. for the for the brand, for the MacGyver brand, mm. mm-hmm. it's a moneymaker. I, I had a friend who, um, this is unrelated, but I had a friend who got on eBay when I was in high school and bought the entire series of MacGyver on VHS. Wow. That's awesome. But I think it was far... I mean, I think DVDs were around. I think he just found them really cheap on VHS, so he watched them on VHS. Who cares? It's my guy. Yeah, doesn't matter. <clears throat> it's not like it's... Well, anyway. Yeah, so... Um, is this a good idea, though? I, I think it's only gonna... I, I don't know. Unless they cast somebody amazing... Richard Dean Anderson? Yeah, which they're not going to. It's gonna no. be a 20-something version of himself. So, here's yeah. what I think, Brian. I think people have kind of been going off the MacGyver thing for a while now. And there's been a lot of series, well, maybe not a lot of series, but I can think of one particular recent that ended a few years ago that was basically kind of like MacGyver. Not, not, um, if you've ever seen Burn Notice. Oh, I've Burn, never watched it. No. Burn, Burn Notice is about a CIA operative who gets 
burned. Basically, he gets uh, somebody in this in, within the CIA intelligence community has um, cut him off and and outed him basically mm-hmm. as an operative. Yeah, and so he's stuck in a town and he's trying right. to get out. And, and anyway, hijinks ensue. Right. Right. Well, part of his thing is he does a lot of his. He, he doesn't have the fancy equipment anymore, so he has to make all his stuff, and he's got to make all these bombs, and he's got to wow. make all these... So it know, sounds pretty familiar to me. Pretty, yeah. A lot like uh-huh. MacGyver. I mean, you're not using yep. like avocados and straws, but right. it's, it's it's a lot of the same. Also, Bruce Campbell's in that show. Right, which is awesome. It's an old TBS show. I highly recommend it. But anyway, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I probably won't watch it. It's hard to beat the original. You know what I mean? <sighs> you can't redo the magic of no. MacGyver... The A Team, the right Knight place, Rider, at the right time. Night Rider, you can't redo that. Mm-mm. You don't have the Hoff. You're, I mean, they're Airwolf. There were a time and a place for these kinds of, sh- of shows. Yep, and it's not now. They're just capitalizing on the fact that it, you know schmoes like us watching when we were kids, and you know they're like, oh, they're adults now. They'll watch it again. It must work because the, there's does. all these things going on. I mean. uh like you mentioned, the A team, man, it's just—it's the weirdest thing. They're—they're they're redoing. It's like Hollywood and uh, all the television networks are stuck on this idea of just basically rehashing all the stuff that's been successful in the past. Yep, I have a theory, Brian, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I need to check the dates, but it just came to me while you were saying this. Mm. When the market crashed in 2008, mm. Hollywood said. We can't be doing these weird movies anymore. We get we need sure bets, surefire, right? surefire hits. So they go and reboot something, and right. it's it's they know they're going to make X money. Because That's true. I mean, you have like the marketing buzz. Yep. I mean, CNN's talking about it because it's a reboot of something that used been to be before. huge. Yep. You got the audience that grew up watching it. That's yep. probably going to tune in. You got the younger people who have no idea what it is, but because it's on a major network, they'll watch it. Yep. Watch it with our parents. Yeah, exactly. The bonding experience, maybe. You can't redo the A team. No, what you the can't. Heck? Murdoch? No, no way. way. Uh, you know, Mr. T. Yeah. There's never going to be another Mr. D. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, that's a terrible idea. They haven't redone Airwolf though, have they? I don't know. Airwolf. Well, I, that's the one I remember as a kid. When I was a kid, I watched Airwolf like religiously. Oh, yeah? I mean, I would get that's the one show I'd get mad if it got interrupted or like, you know, who cares about tornadoes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be watching Airwolf no matter what, you know. And I look at it now and I'm like, wow, that was stupid. It was like a <laughs> show about a helicopter and yeah. like I didn't, I don't even know what it's about, but it was awesome when I was a kid. Yeah, it I was. was like, yeah, this is this is my style. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, rogue helicopter pilot <laughs> flying around <laughs> fixing stuff. I don't know. It was really weird. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I I would not tune in though if they tried to remake Airwolf. I would go buy the DVDs, you the Blu-rays, the digital downloads of the old Airwolf, and I would watch them instead. Can they sell that? I don't know. I'm sure they do. I'm not sure. I would hope so. I wonder what the box set. I'm going to do a quick little search on Amazon here. Over the Airwolf box set? Box set. Two words? Airwolf? One word or two? I think it's two. Season oh, one, is is, one Wow, those are kind of expensive, Wow, that's super Brian. season one. Season one's $28? And that's Man. just the DVD. Man, I had to go over the dark web. Blu-ray's 31 Dark web. <laughs> I want box set. Complete collection. 
A hundred bucks. Wow. See, they're trying to cash in on my... That's Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You'll buy it, though. Oh, yeah, I would. Sinjin Hawk? Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's used for 75 So... Wow. <clears throat> anyway. Okay, well, MacGyver? So, so probably uh, a thumbs down here, right? I don't... You just have too many unique situations in those. You have, like, 18... You think about 18 with MacGyver, you mm-hmm. have unique actors... Mm-hmm. In a particular time, playing a particular role that just works because it just works at right. that moment. Right. You try to remake that magic, it's not going to work. See, the thing is, it seems like with these reboots, too, they get no-name actors because it, it doesn't matter who the actor is. Yeah. It's it's all about the series, you know? <clears throat> However, let's say they put, I don't know, Chris Pratt or... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Jack Black. Right. That's <laughs> my guy for... <laughs> well, you know, that brings it, that's interesting, though, because you think about something like Doctor Who. Yes. Which is conversely something that has gone from... They've had, like, 15 different main characters mm-hmm. play that role yeah. of that person. Granted, that was something that was set up that <clears throat> was intentionally supposed to transition all those, all those different uh, times, but... Um, that's been very successful. I mean, they've been doing that for 40 years and mm-hmm. uh, been a successful series. And some would argue that it's way cooler now than it even was 40 years ago. Or oh, yeah. I'm a big I fan. Know. I haven't watched any of the new Doctor the ones. New, new Doctor Who's, the newest yeah. Doctor, but man, I love Doctor Who. So I'm a big fan of the classic, though, still. The classic Doctor Who? I still like, uh, what is it, the fourth Doctor or something like that? It's it's like the the guy with the the big... Uh, oh, scarf! Yeah, uh, basically. In I need to go. Back. I have not seen any of the new ones. I yeah. mean, I'm sorry, any of the older ones. So I need to There's go. There's something back cool and... about those 1960s ones that are just, you know. Yeah. You know. Apparently, yeah. Brian, uh, they're onto us. Yeah. There's a SWAT team. We're talking about MacGyver. Send it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have any chewing gum? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, <clears throat> no on MacGyver reboot. No on AT and T. You definitely know on AT and T. No on A Team reboot. Right. Oh yeah. No. No way. Unless it's like an all star cast. Maybe. Yeah. Chris same, Pratt. Yes. Is it, Good idea. Same yeah. thing. Same thing with MacGyver. Right. If they cast somebody awesome, all right, I'll watch it. Yeah. You know. Good point. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but, but they won't. They will not. No. Um. Okay. That puts a lot of pressure on that actor. Yeah, it does. He's got to like. Fill in for Richard Dean Anderson? Ah, it's not going to work. I remember watching the Knight Rider reboot Ugh. with uh, Lynn's family one time, and it was painful because the guy, you know, they got some no-name actors. Yeah. And the, it was a new Mustang or something. Or a new, yeah. But it was like all product placement, too. Yeah. So. Anyway. It was terrible. Wow. Okay. I never watched the new Knight Rider. I didn't even know they did that. That's terrible. Dun, dun. Yep. Knight Rider was awesome back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it was. Oh, man. Man. All right. I'm getting all nostalgic now, Glenn. Damn it. Tear it up. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, Glenn. Well, now it's time for uh, questions from the gentleman mailbag. All right. Let's get serious here. Mm. Okay. Now, uh, for the last few years, there have been rumors floating around the internet mm-hmm. that Marty McFly comes back to the future. Mm. Not the future of 1985, but the future in the future future. Right. The that future of the future. His future future. His future future future. Right. And that is whatever today's date is. Mm-hmm. But the reality of the situation is the real, actual real date is October 21st, 2015. 
right. which means that in a it's couple of weeks, up. it's coming right up. Uh, in honor of that, Pepsi's coming out with Pepsi Perfect, which was served in the diner that Marty McFly stops into in Back to the Future 2. Um, so the question is, which part of the future in Back to the Future 2 do you wish existed outside of the hoverboard, which is obvious, because that's the one that everybody mm. would say if you ask them that question, what you don't want to do, because blah, blah, blah. So right. the point is, which part outside of the hoverboard would be cool about the future? <laughs> don't so, worry. I was I wasn't going to go hoverboard. Okay. Because right? we we've been too, burned too many times. <laughs> the, we have a long and storied history with being burned about the hoverboard. So Yeah, don't, don't, don't get me started. Um, I'm going to go... I am gonna go with the uh, the sneakers. The sneakers, that's yeah. interesting. The laceless, instantly, yeah, you know, um, tightening sneakers. Mm-hmm. I just thought they looked cool at the time. Like I just, I just wanted them when I yeah. saw them. I was like, oh man, yeah. If those things are real, yeah. And the, the crazy thing is, is that apparently there is a version of those around. Right. You can somebody buy them. Like yeah, somebody made those. Yeah. Futures now. Yeah, it's true. It's 2015, and we have those sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other things that I, I will say because I don't know what you're going to say, but there's a, it was it was a tough tough call between a few things. But yeah. what about you? Yeah, mine would be the Pizza Hut. Um, <laughs> yeah, hydrating, pizza. hydrating the pizza. Yeah, <laughs> which doesn't really make a lot of sense, really. No, but it does. I mean, uh, I guess the idea would be that you go to the supermarket or something and you mm-hmm. buy like a. A pizza that'll last like twenty years or something, and you put it in the thing, and then it just hydrates it. It's, it's a pizza obvious. Keurig. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. And I wish I'm pretty sad to say that that does not exist today. Uh, that's oh, I upsetting. bet it does. I bet pizza has got it there. But that you know what? They make too much money off of delivering pizza. You know. You know. Maybe we could start a startup. That's like a Kickstarter. That's what I'm talking about. That's like not the Hoover board, but it's like the Pizza Hut hydrator from Back to the Future 2. But we can't use Pizza Hut. But no, sue us. but we'll say like, you know, pizza, you know. Pizza butt. Pizza. <laughs> pizza, I don't know, dojo. Pizza dojo. That's awesome. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I'm going to reserve that domain name right now. <laughs> um, but we could start that as a Kickstarter, and then we could make a million dollars. We just have to come up with some like technology, we, like some technology. I like, like the sound of that. We 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 come up like, like in the video. We're like, yeah, we we found this proprietary technology that we you know no one knows, really knows about, but it's really real. And just give us some money, and we'll figure it out. And then we just get like billions of dollars, and then we make the pizza hydrator. I that's, that's kind of how the the startup industry works anymore. Well, the hoverboard thing <clears throat> is like that. <clears throat> that's um, true. Uh, so, but there was that, and the other thing was the one that I really I didn't think about the sneakers, but that was a great one. Um, oh. The sneakers was good. The one I was thinking about was the um, the diner that he goes yes. into, where it's all robots, and it, but it's it's supposed to be like the '80s diner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's a throwback uh, diner. Yeah, it's like a throwback '80s diner, but it's like all robots and uh, Max Headroom, yeah, like robots serving you food. That'd be awesome. That I'd, would I'd be, be pretty I'd cool. Be, I'd be I'd be real cool with that right now. We're not too far off, I don't think. I don't think so either. Well, we're talking about McDonald's. McDonald's yep. is is doing the robot thing. Uh, apparently, you don't have to give uh, robots fifteen dollars minimum wage. So no. Well, so yeah. So what what exactly is not real? That's from that whole time. The hoverboard. The hoverboard, which apparently might be kind of real. And the pizza hydrator. <clears throat> pizza hydrator. Um, this the style of wearing two ties. Yeah, that's true. I mean that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they had the they had that uh, fruit yeah. basket that came yep. down from the sky. Like, Oculus Rift is real. I yeah. mean, he was wearing the three or the yeah the uh, re- Skype virtual reality Skype, Skype. For when they were doing the video call yeah. with stuff. Nick Frost. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> That's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of it kind of real. Uh, not the DeLorean. I mean, not the time traveling DeLorean. Not the time. Well, as far as we know, That's we don't true. really know. I don't know. Um. I think that's the jacket. That was yeah. my other one. Did the you jacket. say that? Yeah, no, I yeah. didn't say yeah. that. Yeah. You know, that automatically. The automatically drying jacket that like cinched whoever. up. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. And that's, well, we're going to get there. Yeah. Look, it's only 2015. Maybe in 2030, we'll be talking about the automatically cinching jacket, the mm-hmm. pizza hydrator, mm-hmm. uh, the fruit, fruit basket from the sky. What about a barbecue hydrator? Yeah. I mean, it's cheating. I think the I think the the implications of that were that there's all kinds of foods you could hydrate up. No, no, just pizza. Oh, okay. <laughs> and burritos. Well, Ooh. that would be good. Chipotle. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, if you could take a Chipotle burrito and like stack them up in your closet, and then just I'm gonna hydrate myself a Chipotle burrito right now. Oh man. Game over. Oh, I just go buy don't leave the thousand dollars worth of burritos <laughs> and call it good. What else do you need? Um, that's it. I mean, talk about preparedness. Oktoberfest. Preparedness mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Applications for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So prepper's dream. Actually, the, it's my dream. If the apocalypse comes, I've got a thousand Chipotle burritos, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is hosed, but yeah, Brian's sitting over here eating burritos. <laughs> Well, anyway, Glenn, watching the that's world a, burn. That's a, that's a brilliant uh, future, futuristic, you know, vision that we have. But oh. who's to say if it will ever come about? Hydrated burritos. I can't wait. Well, you know, when we're doing uh, podcast episode number thousand thirty-one, mm-hmm. maybe we'll be talking over a hydrated pizza pizza that we. It's true. Uh, are making with a side of burritos that we've hydrated <laughs> from Chipotle. <laughs> I hope so. I can only hope so. Yes. We, only time will tell. Only time will tell. We're mm-hmm. going to find out. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, hopefully they'll be making your sneakers, mm-hmm. and I'll have my pizza hydrator by uh, 2020. I, uh, I, I think 2020 is a good, a good timetable. Right. If they don't have it by then, innovation, you know, U.S. innovation just isn't what it used to be. Nope. Didn't they have to be U.S.? No. I don't care who innovates it. Shanghai makes Finland it? Finland innovation. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes. Canadian. I, I'm I not, mean, yeah. I mean, that's a kind I, of a joke, but yeah. But no, I, yeah. I, I'd kid, I'd if, kid. If, if if Canadians made it, I would I would buy it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No yeah. Okay. Well, now we know, Glenn. Okay. Well, by 2020, this is like that that Kennedy speech where he said, you know, by 1970, we're gonna. Land on the moon. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Whoa, that's ridiculous. That's not going to happen." I'm gonna, I'm gonna call my shot and say, by 2020, we need to have a pizza hydrator. It's only five years away. It's an aggressive timeline, but I believe that we need to, as Americans, move towards this. This is the right thing to do. It is. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Ask not what you could do for pizza technology. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, ask, but ask what? Oh, anyway, it's been I. Pizza, pizza hydrator. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, on that note, yep. Um, that's the end of episode uh, seventy-three. 
Wow. 73. Yeah. It was a good one. We rated a beer. Mm-hmm. We talked about futuristic. Tax, futuristic things. Yeah. Back to the futures. Mm-hmm. Back. Yeah. Um, and Homer the mascot made the rounds. Exactly. It was a good... Oh, and Bourbon lives on. Bourbon continues to live. It was a good. It was a good podcast. Probably. It was a good podcast. Um, no one will probably agree with that, but we believe mm-hmm. so. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's good. Perception's reality. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to episode 74. Mm-hmm. As am I. In two weeks, because we're doing two weeks. That's right. And um, we will see you all in two weeks for episode 74. I'm already looking forward to it. I am too. Uh, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. See you guys for episode 74. Thanks for listening. Good night.